Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. I want to take you on a little bit of a journey. Cast your minds back about two months. Cast your minds back two months. So it's late 2022. And who was thinking, if we're going to just get through this year, we'll get to 2023. And 2023 is going to be awesome. In 2023, all those problems that I had in 2022 are going to go away. In 2023, some of those things are going to be fixed. and My hair won't stop. It'll stop going grey and, and all these things. And, and by 2023, it's going to be awesome. Then this year started and you realised, hang on, all the stuff that I was dealing with in 2022 is still there. There's still all those pressures. There's still that, that, that anxiety. There's still that brokenness. There's still that, that problem. My hair's still going grey. Like, hands up. You don't have to do the hair bit, but like, hands up. Yeah. The stuff didn't stop, did it? Like, what's going on? And, and all the visitors are there today just going, yay, vision, awesome. You're not really winning us over, Tim. What's going on? You see, well, the reason we want to start with this is this is the starting point for a journey this year. And for so many, not all of us, but for many, this year has started with difficulty. This year started with some hurt. This year started with some, some issues that happened the year before and they're, they're just travelling into this year. The good thing is we start this year with this. Some of us put our hands up to say this year is a tough year to start off. But put your hand up if you believe this. Do you believe in the God of miracles? Yeah. Do you believe that the God, we worship a God who is bigger than our problems? Do we believe that you worship a God that created the, the world and put it into being? Yeah. Sometimes I complain because my coffee's too hot. Like, perspective? Come on. This year, we believe in a God that is bigger than our problems, bigger than the things that we're facing, bigger than the, the mistakes that we've made or the, or the effects of others' mistakes on us. We believe in a God that has a journey for us, and that's what Vision Sunday is about. It's taking us where we are at and knowing that we're not there yet. We don't have the answers. We're not living in this great space, but that's where God wants us to be. And this, today's an invitation to be on a journey as God's church, as individuals and as the body of Christ, to head in a direction together. And so I'm excited to share what God has laid on my heart for over six months about the direction for his church. Before we dive in, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we know that in this life there is brokenness and there is trouble. But Lord, we know that we can take heart because you have overcome the world. Help us to hang on to you this year. Lord, speak to us today to get us on your agenda, on your page, so we can go where you want us to go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pop quiz. Two years ago, we had a vision for the church that God gave us. And it was in a season where we were being told all sorts of different stuff. And we were being told how to live and what to do. We didn't know who to listen to. We didn't know who to follow. We didn't know what was going on. 
And so we remember that there's this, this passage in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. For those that got the wristbands from a couple of years ago, you can cheat. And it said this, Jesus said, Those who hear these words of mine and put them into practice, they're like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Well done. You didn't say paper. You didn't say you correct. Build his house upon a rock. So it's not just hearing the words. It's not just sitting and reading God's word. It's putting it into practice. It's living it out. It's following the example that Jesus set. And so who do we follow? We follow Jesus. So two years ago, Jesus said, follow me. And that was our theme. Well, to do that, how do we follow Jesus? How, how, do we, how do we know what Jesus' voice is? How do we know what story God wants us to be a part of? How do we make these decisions? And so we had Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. which said, set your minds on things above. Well done. You've got to set your mind on God's things. And when you do that, you realize that the story, the narrative of the world that we live in changes. Because the, the story that we hear isn't just about us. Because when we look at our story, we end up where we're at now. If I look at my story, I go, man, I made mistakes. I've done the wrong thing. I've messed up. And my hair's going gray. Like, come on. Yeah, that's my story. But why would I choose my story when I can choose his story, because there's one story that matters most. There's one faith and one hope, and that's in Jesus Christ. And we are invited to set our minds on things above and be a part of God's story, God's plan. And, and why would you choose your own plan when you make mistakes, when you can choose the creator of the universe's plan that has a perfect plan for us? Choose his, which leads us to this year. We follow Jesus. We set our minds on things above. We, we see his story. So what's the evidence of somebody that is being formed in Jesus' image, who is an apprentice of Jesus, a disciple, following him? What does it look like? What's the evidence? If you were to look at someone and say, there's something about them. If, they're a non if there's a non-Christian looking at you, they go, there's something about you. Or other Christians, you go, I want some of that. I want to hang out with that person. What is it? Oddly enough, it's more than an emotion. It's not just happiness. Actually, in Scripture, in the New Testament, happiness is like only listed 20 times or so. It's not, it's not all that important in the New Testament. It's actually more of a, a, a state of being and something that God gives us and something that, that transcends the emotions that we naturally feel. Now, when I say it, for some of you, you might be going, yeah, I'm not feeling that right now. And that's okay, because this is the journey. It's a starting point. Let's dive into the Word, because when we, when we launch a theme, it can't just be ideas. It's got to be scriptural. It's got to be straight from God. And the theme, that the Word, the, the state of being that we read, is listed over 400 times in the New Testament. Happiness, 20-something. This word, 400 so it's worth paying attention to. Actually, the angels, when they were with the shepherds and they were saying, hey, Jesus is about to be born, the angel said to them, forget about your emotions for a minute. I'm going to tell you something important, something that's going to create a different state of being for the world. It actually says these exact words. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10, But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Don't focus on the emotion." 
Because angels are scary dudes, right? Like we think they're like, like little nappy and ding, you know. Um, that's not an angel. Like angels were like scary things. And it says, <laughs> the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Joy, that's it, joy. <laughs> great joy for all people. Replace the fear, the emotion that you had. And the angels, the shepherds, you can go, oh, cool, now I'm not afraid. Like, they're still afraid. But they heard through the fear, there was this thing coming called joy. Interestingly enough, when the disciples were being persecuted, when, when they are trying to, to tell people about Jesus, yet the, the, the religious leaders at the time that, that weren't on the same page as what God was, were persecuting the disciples as well as the, the superpower at the time, Rome, and they're under huge persecution. They're being attacked, they're being whipped, they're being thrown stones at, they're being run out, they're being put in prison, all these terrible things are happening. And then what do we read in Acts chapter 13, verse 52? And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. In the midst of being, like their emotions weren't feeling all that, yay, their emotions are like, ouch, I'm getting stuff thrown at me. Their emotions are like, this is not good, but there's joy because they had a relationship with Jesus. John chapter 15, from verse 9, we actually read this, and this is our key passage for the year. Uh, I shared with the um, 6 p.m. service, I think last week, that yes, there are new wristbands. We weren't going to do wristbands this year, but we were told that there are drink bottles that must have new wristbands on them. Drink bottles. Okay, so you put your wristband on your drink bottle and you collect them and you... It's okay, so there's a bit of an outcry from our youth ministry and say, yes, we've got wristbands coming again. (laughs) We'll get them out in the next couple of weeks. But this is the passage on John chapter 15, verse 9. It says, As the Father has loved me, so I love you. Now remain in my love. For if you keep... My commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's command and remained in His. I have told you this so that my joy may be complete in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. No greater love has this than to lay down one's life for one's friend. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Our joy doesn't come from ourself. Our joy comes from Jesus. Our joy comes from, from having a connection with who Jesus is. And by that, we get complete joy. Our theme this year is complete joy. It's this state of being that transcends emotion. It's something that, that, that is bigger than than the things that we face. It's about being in relationship with Jesus so closely that we have a joy that, that just permeates from us. Now, joy can, can be partnered with other emotions, and we're going to pull out a part in a minute. But if you're like me right now, six months ago, I felt like God laid this on my heart. And, and, and it was really clear, I was, I was on a retreat and I was sitting with God's word and it's like, God, what do you want for your church for next year? And I was reading different pages and this word just kept popping up, popping up. And it's like, oh, God, is, is it joy? And I felt like there was a, a peace that God said, yes, 
I, I, want, I want my church to be a church that's filled with joy. And I remember deep down inside just going, oh, yeah, joy. It's a bit like fluffy. Like, it's a bit mm, joy, flowers. Like, like, joy? I didn't fully understand it at the time. I thought it was like joy means like happiness and it's like, everyone be happy. It's like, mm, yeah. Like, sure, surely there's more to joy than just a, like, there's got to be more to it. What is it? And as I started to study it, as I started to, to unpack it, I realized, hey, this idea of complete joy, there's something to this. See, last year, I spent huge amounts of time, huge amounts of time with people who had lost loved ones. In fact, I did more funerals last year than the entirety of my ministry leading up to that year put together. And I would sit with these grieving families. And what's the emotion? It's sadness. It's grief. It's sorrow. Some families had had a, 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 an older family member that had been sick for a really long time. And, and they'd passed away because and their quality of life had been just terrible. There was, there was sometimes some different emotions, maybe a little bit of relief followed by guilt. But the overwhelming emotion for a grieving family is sorrow and sadness and loss. And I'd be sitting with these families and there's tissues everywhere and, and, and there's so much sadness and they'll start telling stories about the person that had gone to be with Jesus. And all of a sudden in these stories, someone would start giggling. Now, are they happy? No, they're sad. The sadness is the dominant emotion, but they start giggling because of the memory of the person. And the more they thought about the person, the more they start to, to laugh. And I don't know, there's been some funerals here last year, and I still don't know if it's right or not, but I have not laughed so hard in a funeral than what I did last year because of some of the incredible mighty men and women of God in our church and just how larrikins they were. Like they, they got it to all sorts of crazy stuff and fun stuff. And even now, when I think about him, it brings me joy. See, joy is nearly always connected to a person. And when you think of that person, there's joy. Joy is something you want to share with others. There's been a few times where, where I've, I've achieved something by myself, and I just wish someone else was there to be able to share it with them. Because it, I'm pleased and I'm happy, but I can't share the joy because it's all about me. Like joy, joy is connected to someone else. I don't know if you've ever known someone that you just, they walk into the room and there's joy. They just light up the room. There's something about, they haven't said anything, they haven't done anything, just their presence because of who they are just lifts what you think about, you know, life and you say, oh, I'm so happy you're here. You're at a, at a dinner or something, you don't know anyone and somebody that you like walks in and it's like, oh, relief. Okay. Joy. If somebody else can bring joy, how much more can joy be found in Jesus Christ? And the good thing is, Jesus doesn't have to walk into the room. He was in the room to begin with. And what would it look like to be in a state where we're in the, the midst of the good things in life and the bad things? There is this complete joy that is found in Christ. What would it look like to have a joy that transcends the experiences that we have? Just our natural state is joyful. In the Bible, we read about these, these two disciples, one called Paul, the other guy called Silas. And Paul and Silas find themselves in this moment where they're in prison. 
and they've been locked up in jail because they've been telling people about Jesus. They can't contain the, this, this joy that they have by knowing who Jesus is and what Jesus knows about them, and they, and they want to share it with others. And because of that, they get locked up, and now they're in prison. Now, it says in the Bible that they're in the central chamber, which is like the torture chamber. So they're not very happy. Not good, like bad things are happening to them. They're chained up, and, and they're, they're left there. And you know, what's their emotion? Well, their emotion is, ouch, like they've been tortured. It's not good. Their emotions are like, this is not a good spot. But what do they start doing? Start singing. They start singing hymns and, and singing, raising their voices, singing praises to God. Because joy transcends their, their space. Now this year we're going to be on a journey throughout the year. But firstly, what is it to receive joy? Now it's different, you can be saved but not have joy. You can say, I believe in Jesus, I've accepted him as my Lord and Savior, and I follow him, and you're saved. Absolutely. It's what the scripture says, it's what we believe. But some people are saved, and man, they're cranky. They can be saved, and oh, man, they can just suck the life out of the room. Oh. Now, they're saved, absolutely. But have they received the joy that comes from Jesus Christ? That's a journey. I'm not saying you need to have it right now. I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on you. I'm saying this is the direction for the year. To start to receive this joy that transcends understanding. To, to receive this in a way that, that is bigger than us. We actually read in 1 Peter 1 verse 8. I'm a bit all over the place with my slides. I, I apologize. 1 Peter 1 8 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him, now you believe in him. And you are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. You see, the closer you get to Jesus, the closer you get to joy. And it's, it's unexplainable. It's, in, it's inexplicable. It's huge. And that's the journey this year, to get closer and closer to Jesus. You see, we want to receive joy. We'll go back a slide. Thank you so much, guys. We want to, go, we want to exceed, receive joy. Once we receive it, we want to experience joy, and then joy becomes something we can't contain, and we've got to share it. Paul and Silas are in jail. They've received joy prior to being put in jail. They're in jail, and they're going, do you know, I'm in jail. Why am I in jail? I'm in jail because I am serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm serving Jesus Christ. I'm going to sing some praise. I'm experiencing joy in the midst of a hard time. God does these incredible things and, and this earth shake, earthquake comes and the doors of the jail fly open and all their chains fall off. And they're in this space of like, if they weren't in a place of joy, if they're in a place of terror, they just would have got, done a runner, got out of there. But because they're in this space of, of seeing God and experiencing God, they go out and they see the, the, the jailer who would have been torturing them just before. And the jailer is about to kill himself because he has failed Rome. And to fail Rome was to fail yourself, and you would you'd be executed. And the jailer's about to end his own life. And because they have received joy and experienced joy, Paul and Silas go, no, 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 wait, wait, we're still here. And the jailer's like, what? Why would you still be here? Why would you not run? What is going on? And Paul and Silas share joy. Let me tell you what's going on. Let me tell you why we're free. Let me tell you about this person called Jesus Christ. The, Bible, the scripture goes on to say that, that 
the jailer and his entire family were saved and baptised that night. You see, there's something about joy that's bigger than us. When you have it, it transcends the moment, but it's also something that you, you want to share with others. It's exciting. It's powerful. And so what are we going to do this year? We've talked about sort of the theme. We're going to unpack that, the passage a little bit more in, in John over the next couple of weeks. But what's the action step? Well, I believe that joy, if joy is found in other people and joy is found in Jesus, then we need to do community better to be able to connect with others and connect with Jesus. We need to be able to, to do life we want to work out how, how us as a church, we've got this anomaly at the moment called the, those that watch online, the online church. And we don't want to be a church online, we want to be the online church. At the moment, we stream our services to, to over 100 people each and every week, but we want to connect with you at home. We want to work, how to work out how to do life with you, how to pray for you, how to journey with you, how to be able to do meals with you. Like, not virtually, like, that'd be weird on different sides of a TV, but, but like, like do life. How do we do this? Let alone those that are, that are stuck at home because of illness, those that are in retirement villages, let alone those that are sitting here this morning. We've, we've got this incredible opportunity to do, do life better, and so we've got this initiative called 32U. Now, 32U works, works like this. Every 30 days, once a month, or every month, we're asking for you to do two catch-ups every month. 30 months, two catch-ups. 32 and you. What we want this to look like is that the average person has five opportunities each day to eat or drink. Usually we've got breakfast, lunch and dinner, morning tea, afternoon tea. Yeah, you've got to have your got to have your coffee, right? Morning and afternoon. So, so maybe you want to cut out, you might cut out a meal, you might cut out two, you might cut out three, and you can live on two coffees a day, that's okay, but, but don't, like, but, but average, you know, most people would have four to five somethings each and every day. What we're asking over a month period, firstly, is would you catch up with somebody from the church for the sake of community? That might mean that that you, it's part of your small group. That's an easy one. Just go for an extra coffee. Catch up for breakfast before work. Do, do a lunch, lunch catch-up. It doesn't even have to be over a meal. If you just want to go for a run or a ride or something, do so, but do something where you catch up. Once a month with someone from the church. If you see a visitor, reach out to them. Go and catch up with them. Now, the, the idea of this and the agenda for this catch-up is to have a bit of a spiritual conversation. Hey, what are you reading at the moment? Oh, you're not reading anything? Why is that? Share what's going on in your life. No guilt, no judgment, just how you doing? Oh, how's your prayer life? How can I pray for you? Oh, you are reading this passage. How are you living that out? How's that affecting your day-to-day walk? How can I pray for you? How can I support you in that? At the, like the worst case scenario is straight after church, go and grab a coffee and sit down and, and do it. Just get it done for the month. Like, tick it off. Yeah. Whew, that was easy. Cool. Now I don't have to do it for another month. This is easy. We do want to try and start collecting the, the conversations, but we want people to start doing life together. We're going to do some teaching and training on this throughout the year. 
Now, the second time you catch up with someone for the month, we're asking the first time is somebody from the church, the second time is somebody outside the church. Could be a friend, could be a work colleague, could be a neighbor, could be a family member. Now, the, the goal of that is to eventually have a spiritual conversation, but you may not start with one. It's like, hey, can I buy you a coffee? Sure. It's like, so, are you washed in the blood of the lamb? Yeah. <laughs> not a good opener. True, truth, but not good language, not a good opener. Start with, you. Yeah, how are you going? Tell me about yourself. Like, what's... But in that space, be, be praying underneath, God, lead me in a way to see if we can open up a spiritual conversation through relationship over time. Once again, as a church, we're going to be doing some training on this. For those introverts that are dying right now, let me put some perspective on this, right? If you had two coffees and three meals each day, that's 1,824 meals or coffees per year. 1,824. What we're asking for as a church, for, for the... For the the purpose of building relationships for Jesus is would you give up 24 of those throughout the year? Would you give up 24 for the sake of community and for the sake of the gospel? What that leaves is 1,800 opportunities to eat or drink all by yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's a good percentage. You can, you can have 100 by yourself and one with somebody else. Like it's a good ratio. Almost. If you do the maths, the percentages, the percentages work like this. It's actually 1.3% of the times that you will eat and drink this year, 1.3% that you would give to being intentional about relationships. It's not a big bar, 1%. It's not a big bar. What, what's, what could happen with that? Number one, you could make some great friends and be a part of a bigger community. This is worst case scenario. The other worst case scenario is somebody could actually come to know who Jesus is and their life be saved for an eternity. 1%. 32 years. We'll do some more teaching on that throughout the year. So I want to tell a couple of things that we're not going to be talking about today because of time, because you know, we just don't really have too much, like, too much time to unpack all the incredible things that are happening within the church. So, so I'm not going to tell you about the youth ministry and how amazing it's going. I'm not going to tell you that like, numbers are through the roof first week back. I'm not going to tell you they're doing this cool partnership thing with some of our older members from a 9 o'clock service doing a pen pal thing where they can write letters to each other and, and the wisdom and, and theological knowledge of Scripture with the passion of youth can be brought together. I'm not going to tell you about that. I'm not going to tell you about our awesome kids ministry that is just going like nuts at the moment with new teams and new structures and this leadership structure that's just been put into place after five years of work that um, Pastor Jenny's put into it, doing incredible work and kids are just, just hungry to the point where even during the school holiday program, teenagers are wanting to come to Kids Men because they're doing these box city and it's going nuts, it's heaps of fun. I'm not going to tell you about that. I'm not going to tell you about our youth ministry, uh, sorry, our young adults ministry that is just going incredibly well. We have a young adults ministry the size of most churches in like 
most total church size in Ballarat is the size of just our young adults ministry because of the incredible team and what they're doing. And against all odds, our 6pm service is actually growing where most 6pm services in Australia are getting smaller. God is doing amazing things, but I'm not going to tell you about that. (laughs) Women's ministry was launched last year after a couple of years of really discerning what it was to look like and what the team was going to look like. And and, and through the direction of Beck and and the crew there, they had this incredible event later last year which had over 100, about 100 to 110 ladies meet on a Saturday afternoon for a high tea. Um, They were getting plates from all over the place. Like, they, like, it just exceeded expectations as women wanted to come together to open up the word, to be challenged in their spiritual walk and, and have some community together. Incredible stuff. Their men's ministry was, was so eager to reach some of the younger men within the church. They started adding not just the men's brekkie, but some men's nights and opportunities to get together and, and camps and all sorts of crazy things, which are just a ton of fun for blokes to get a part of. And, and I'm not going to tell you about that stuff because it's just going really well. It's going to continue. Of course we're going to continue developing leaders within the church and our incredible intern program. We've got new interns this year that you'll get to see at some point up on the stage and we'll introduce them and pray for them as we launch them. We're going to do that, of course. We're going to do it. We're going to partner with other churches because it's all God's church. Yes, we've all got different flavors and different expressions, but it's all his church at the end of the day and we are blessed to bless others as a church. God has blessed York Street being one of the larger churches so that we can bless those that are less fortunate, bless those that are struggling. That's what we do, but I'm not going to tell you about that. There's so much that happens, not just on a Sunday, but during the week. And that'll continue to happen. But I'm really conscious that this year it's so important that, that we make the major things the major things. And the major thing is God wants you to have joy in your life. He wants you to have a complete joy. And that complete joy is found in Jesus. Now, I know there's people in our church that just have it. They, they're the ones that when you walk into the church, you just go, yes! So excited. I just want to spend time with them. Because they make me feel good about myself. They, they, they bring Jesus into the conversations. They, they live a life of, of love and care for others. They're just beautiful people that, that ooze complete joy. For others, you know, this year started tough. It started with the same brokenness. It started with the same issues. It same, started with the same dysfunction that was there last year. And that's okay because the journey is towards complete joy. So I want to finish where we started this morning. Do you believe in the God of miracles? Do you believe in a God of hope? Do you believe in a God of healing? The God of love? The God of restoration? The Prince of Peace? The Alpha and Omega? The beginning and the end? Do you believe that God can do all things? And that we can do all things through God who gives us strength? If you believe that, then I'm going to actually ask you to stand with me, like physically right now. Would you stand as we launch this year in prayer? If you don't stand, that's okay. That's okay. You don't, there's no judgment, no pressure. But if you believe that God is a God of miracles, I'm going to invite you to stand. We're all in different parts of this journey. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Jesus, that you said if we remain in your love, 
that your joy may be in us and that that joy would be complete. Lord, this year we invite you to lead us on a journey as your church to be able to remain in your love, to see your love, to experience your love and to share your love. And in doing so, may we receive joy, experience joy and share joy as we receive Jesus, experience him and share him with those that we love the most. Help us in all seasons to know that joy is a consistent. We can be joyful and sad, joyful and happy. We can have joy and be mournful. But Lord, by having joy, we know that we have you. So Lord Jesus, this year, as we set out on a journey, we put you first, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, to guide us each and every step of the way so that we may have complete joy. Take us on the journey, lead us, and bring us life as we plug into the life giver more and more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.